Welcome to another episode of the More Love podcast with Helen Reynolds, the place for conversations that reveal your greatest strength is in your sensitivity to love energy. Today, I'm so happy to be sharing this episode with Jacqueline Smith. Welcome, Jacqueline. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Oh, well, that (laughs) pleasure is going to be ours. There is a great deal to explain about you. Your background and your knowledge is um, cosmic, shall we say. So I always refrain from reading people's bios like a declaration because I think it's so much more interesting when the stories come out through conversation. So listen in and you'll hear all sorts of really interesting things from Jacqueline today. I will say, though, that if you have ever looked up to the stars and wondered when you could go home, and I know I have many times, then this episode is for you. So whilst we're going to traverse quite some distance in this episode, Jacqueline, we might start with some familiar territory, our sensitivity to feelings, energy and emotion. So I'm just wondering if you would share with us what it's been like for you being quite you know quite a sensitive person to feelings energy and emotion well I think being a hybrid it definitely has made me much more sensitive to things in my environment and I'm just being here on earth because earth is very dense the energy is very dense and so um I think that's a real challenge in terms of being here after spending many days and nights on starships where there is no time, there is no density in in the way that it is here. So now being here on Earth, it has been a real challenge for me to be here, you know, Number of days it can be like I, I feel like I'm walking through mud. Yep. Yes. And so that's a challenge, um, for sure in my life and being very sensitive to other people. I'm an empath. So sometimes I have to sort out what's mine and what is not mine when I'm around people. When I walk into a grocery store or at a party somewhere, um, it's, it, you know, I can suddenly start to feel a certain way. And then I'm going like, well, is this me or am I picking up someone else's stuff? Which, so I've tried to work with that for many years and distinguish what's mine and what's not. And when it's not, I just have my own techniques and ways of releasing releasing other people's energies. You know, I'm just, I guess, more sensitive sometimes to uh, drugs. I don't really take drugs, Western med drugs. <laughs> yeah, uh, pharmaceutical drugs. Pharmaceutical, thank you, pharmaceutical drugs. I tend to, you know, not have a good reaction at times. That's also true for me with herbs. Um, certain herbs in that, you know, very sensitive to can't be around perfume at all. Someone who's wearing perfume, 
I just have all kinds of reactions to. So I think it's a challenge for anyone who's sensitive, you know, to kind of navigate <laughs> mm. in in their lives at times and to understand what's theirs and what is not and you know, how can you look at other alternative ways to get assistance for different health issues or whatever because of being so sensitive. Mm. Would you tell us more about being a hybrid or can we consider that the same as being of star origin? And does that make people more sensitive? Okay, so everyone has a star origin, like everyone is a star seed on Earth. Wow, I didn't know that. Yes, everyone is a star seed. We all come from elsewhere and our souls chose the form here to be on earth as, as a human. And, but we've all come, you know, from other places. Our spirit isn't from the earth. Our soul is not from the earth, but we're in this human, human body. We've chosen to come here, believe it or not. So, <laughs> so. So, um, so in a bigger sense, we're all hybrids because we are from the stars. But to be a little more specific, the way that it can also be, um, described or defined as a hybrid is someone who has been genetically altered. That's why I call myself a hybrid is because when my mother was pregnant with me, she was taken aboard a starship and she was injected, I would say, with a a cocktail of seven different DNAs from seven different star races. And so they injected that to me when I was in the womb which genetically altered me and has enhanced the talents and skills that I have. And I agreed on a soul level to be that. So I have seven different, we could say, aspects of my hybrid self. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, um, that makes it very challenging because most of the time, I feel much more star being than human. So I have a much higher frequency um, of star beingness in me, like as as a hybrid. Could we say you're seven parts star star being and one part human? That's that's actually about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, where some people might. Um, like people who are starseeds, they might have like 20% of the frequency of different, you know, race or races. And somebody else might have 50%. It just kind of depends on, you know, what the person has, what their soul has agreed to come into, if that makes sense. Mm. There's a lot of fear, I guess, generated around ideas like this. So really, it comes down to us being able to feel if there's any fear in it. 
I guess what I'm trying to say is, would you speak a little bit about, you know, you spoke about having agreed to this at a soul level, but it's it's a love-based purpose, I guess. Yes. Yeah, yes, uh, definitely. And so the star beings on the ship, who I call my star parents, and all the other beings on the ship that I experienced, we were family. And it was amazing. It was unconditional love. It's not like it is here on Earth. On the ship, it it really was this pure, unconditional love that is really, it, it's hard to describe. You really cannot describe it. But when I was on the ship, I felt like I was in heaven. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was blissed out and didn't really want to come back to Earth sometimes when I was a child because I was on the ship starting at about age three. And and they loved me, and I knew that my star mother would hold my hand. My star father would, too. We'd walk around the ship, which was more like floating. We didn't really walk. And the other star beings were that way as well. On the other star beings on the ship, there were um, mantis beings who looked similar to a praying mantis, but they're about eight or nine feet tall. And I love them. They have a great sense of humor. They're childlike, but not childish and very intelligent. They actually helped to create the cosmic reds, which is huge. And there were Octurians on the ship, Zetas. You know, all kinds of being, beings and my parents, my star parents are tall white Zeta masters. And they come from, they always say they come from the Alpha Centauri B neighborhood. <laughs> they all have a great sense of humor also. <laughs> so I personally experienced love. Um, unconditional love when I was with them and in a way that, you know, on the ship, they they were just there loving me unconditionally because we were all kids on the ship. There was a group of eight of us in the class and they loved us all. It's really interesting that, um, you know, I started the podcast with this idea that our greatest strength is our sensitivity to love energy. And if we've experienced and we know deep within our soul that unconditional love energy, then I, f- I feel that while we're down here on earth, it's really contrasting the the absence of unconditional love in most situations. And I think that's, you know, contributes to our sensitivity. We're sort of aghast at the absence of it. I, I think that's true. Coming to earth and being in this human form after, you know, especially being on the ships throughout my whole childhood and teens, it was and is a huge contrast to come back to earth and to the, the 3D and everything that's going on with humanity, dealing with the mind ego, where the starvings that I'm connected to and on the ship, that's not an issue of any kind because they understand we're all one. That's one of their biggest messages is we're all one. And when you know you're all one, you don't do all this bickering and 
fighting and everything that's going on um, in the way that it is. And it's very hard to watch for me. It's very hard to see, you know, it's very hard to watch that. It, it, it just is very grating because it's so different than on the shows. I mean, just a huge contrast. And on the ship is very quiet, still peaceful. The ship I'm on, I was on, it's organic. So it's a being too. And so they're all in perfect harmony with each other. Just this perfect harmony telepathically because they all speak telepathically. You know, I love telepathy because it's very direct. There can be no misunderstanding of words, you know, it's just direct and you know what that being is thinking and feeling where it obviously it's different here on earth. I, I think the good news is, is we're heading that direction. The people who are waking up are heading more that direction and understanding that we are all one. And that we need to be listening to our hearts and living from our hearts and not from the ego um, and, the, and the mind. And so I feel there are many openings now happening where people are really understanding us at a much deeper level and understanding that they are cosmic beings, that, you know, they're not from Earth. You know, they are from many places. Yeah, I think so too. You mentioned you were in classes with eight others. So you're one of the eight. So are the other ones here as well? Have you been able to connect up with them on the earth plane? Well, there were eight of us. And um, there were some of the other children were from other countries. Mm -hmm. And then I, there's one, actually two people who were in that group who I know now. I mean, I'm not, don't have close ties to them, but I, I know them. The cool thing is we all communicated telepathically and knew what each other was saying without any language barriers. You know, we, we just knew how to do that and, and we learned in class how to do that, which was lovely. And, and so, um, we were allowed to be children on the ship, which was wonderful. I remember one of my favorite things is I loved running up and down the corridors of the ship. It was my star parents, Zazu and Amika, or their name, uh, frequencies or names. They would just kind of chuckle. You know, they were just, there she goes. So, but they let me t totally be who I was, which was an amazing gift to me. Is this one of the stories that you've included in your recent book? So you've just published Star Being in the Mirror, which is, I believe, includes lots of your life stories. Yes, that's that's one of the, the stories. And in class, we got to learn, we learned how to create energy balls with our hands. And we would toss the energy balls to each other like a baseball. And um, we also learned with our minds how to create um, an image and then create it 
with our hands with light and put it on a holographic screen on the ship. So that was kind of our hot class teaching, you know, our class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and we also, um, there was another being on the ship, Anaktri and Zeta, who I called Sandman. And I talk about him in the book, but he, uh, um, I always just called him Sandman. I don't know if you ever heard the song, Mr. Sandman. Yeah. Um, and so when I was young, my parents would sing that song or I would hear it. And so, um, you know, that the Sandman puts you to sleep. And, and, and so anyway, and then creates this beam of light to take me up, which was really fun. And so, but on the ship, I, I danced and learned a lot about crystals because they're living beings. All the crystals are living beings. And then on the walls of the ship, which are really holographic, they're not solid. Um, there were light language symbols all over the walls. And so I would stick my fingers into the light language, um, codes, I call them, and they would come off the wall and dance with me and they would dance through me, which would raise my frequency. Wow. And it was just amazing fun. No wonder you didn't want to come down to earth. <laughs> It'd be like putting your feet in cement. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I learned and I started speaking light language when I was like three years old with the star beings and all the different star languages that they speak, I'm able to speak. So it, that was, that's great fun. And I still do all that now. And um, also on the ship, we would um, merge, like my star parents and I would drop our bodies and merge as one light. And, um, no words for that. I mean, it was just no words. It was just like knowing that oneness and that unconditional love, like just pure, being pure light, pure unconditional love. Kind of reminds me of a line from A Course of Love that says, um, love is attributeless, as in it can't be explained. It doesn't have attribute. It just is. Thank you. Yes. And then when we're in this form, um, in the more 3D, 4D type form, we suddenly associate all these attributes with love and then and then that's how we end up down the conditional love line as opposed to understanding that it leaves you speechless like you just <laughs> to yeah, explain. It is. And actually, um, actually what you just said is one of the quotes that, one of my star being families said to me that love just is with a capital I-S. Yep. These beings are very focused on love and light and joy. Very funny. The mantis things are just make me laugh all the time. <laughs> um, they're just hilarious. And they love all these beings love humanity and are here helping in one way or another. They, they cannot directly intervene, although they have intervened a couple of times at, think at stop missiles going off a couple of times. And that 
but they um but they are doing what they can to help humanity evolve but the truth is you know humans have to mature and grow up and be responsible you know for the choices we make you know as a collective that humanity makes as a collective so i think we're heading may not look that way but i think the more people that wake up that's more the direction that we're heading because i think more people are coming into their hearts mm, now definitely and really yeah. getting in touch with what you know what's important and what do i love to do i see many people just doing all kinds of shifts like that i think that you know things are progressing you know i just always ask the star beings to continue to help us to guide us and you know we are the star beings i mean again everyone here is a star seed and as people remember who they are as star seeds and um, hybrids again it doesn't matter it's you know then they can remember the bigger picture of things, that they are a cosmic citizen, that they're not just this body here on earth and have to stay stuck in a nine to five job. They have other choices. So I've seen a lot of people making quite a few shifts. And I think that's a really, really good sign, you know, that we're heading and, you know, ascension is about Going within, it's not going somewhere. Ascension mm -hmm. is about going within and releasing old limiting patterns that we have. We all have this, you know, releasing our ego stuff and all those small patterns, you know, that we keep ourselves in. So it's like really learning to release that from within and living from the heart, you know, living from the heart and, and my, a star being friend of mine always says, keep things simple and live from the heart. This being also says, remember everyone is equal. Yes. I think that's often forgotten down here. It is. Yeah. And, and they know that because when we drop, when everyone drops their form, we're just lights mm. and we're very, actually very powerful lights. And that's what we're trying to remember as well. Yeah. It's only recently that I've sort of stepped back and thought, wow, it's been thousands and thousands and thousands of years where humanity has been encouraged in the wrong direction or in the material 3D direction. So Correct. I guess what I say to people now is we're working towards living from the heart, but don't beat yourself up if you don't get there, you know, tomorrow. Exactly. It, it's it's a process. We are all evolving and that's what evolution is about. And um, we always want to be faster. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, you know, humanity is going at a pace that they can accept and um so we see how it goes there's lots of different timelines humanity can choose so some timelines might be quicker than others 
it's kind of it, it's a collective choice so time's an interesting topic isn't it because it's only relevant here like you said there's no time on the ship right right so how did you manage to capture all these multi-dimensional ideas and experiences that you've had into a 3D book. I mean, we can only write sentences in linear organization. Um, how did you do it? I'll tell you, it, it was a trip. It was a challenge for me because I am, I mean, we're all multidimensional, but I'm, I'm very multidimensional. And I wanted the, for me, I wanted the right in circles because sometimes often when I take notes or I'm creating ideas now, I write all these different circles on, on a page and I'm going like, yeah, like I can do this in the book. Right? So, <laughs> so it was quite a challenge for me to get linear <laughs> and to put it into words on, on the pages. It really took me a while, honestly, to figure out how to put that together. And all these, ex- I have had, with all the experiences I've had, it, it's like um, it's not even a part of linear time for me. Like I went through um, two weeks of, I call them my Thanksgiving experiences because it happened on Thanksgiving, where I was off and on ships for two weeks and was on a mothership and then in and out other dimensions and timelines and all kinds of things. And so when I when I finally landed, you, you could say it took me a year just to get reoriented because, you know, here we do have the structure of time, other dimensions we don't. So I had like two weeks of experiences nonstop almost. I would have like three days missing time. And fortunately, I had a friend who was calling me and we took photographs because the craft flew out of the top of a portal of my house. And we had all kinds of photos and that. But anyway, um, I was talking to her on the phone and I said, that was a crazy three days. And she goes, Jacqueline, it's been two weeks. And I had thought it was three days. So that time, -time (laughs) non-time thing is, is very real. It was very real. So it, it took me a while to be able to, to really put this book together in a way that I wanted to. Sorry to ask questions that really reveal that I haven't read it, but it's um, in physical print in the US and there's wasn't time to get it over here before we recorded this interview. But is it, I'm imagining that it would be a terrific support to people who are having unusual transcendent type experiences and wondering what is going on with them yeah my intention with writing the book was to share my experiences so that other experiencers hybrids star seeds just everyone um you know might relate to something in the book and that it could help support them or guide them in in some kind of way yeah, that was my intention with the book. I think it can definitely support people um, or 
if someone's just interested in the subject, if they've seen a UFO or had a dream about star beings or anything like that, that can also, I think, help support them just in learning, you know, about this. It's nice to see the the open-mindedness coming in about these topics. You know, that's one of the qualities. What's the opposite word for quality um, of the earth plane is narrow-mindedness or (laughs) closed-mindedness. So it's really nice to see this expansion in the willingness to discuss these topics and discuss what we can feel and see with senses that aren't quite so physical. Right. Our past lives are all connected to this as well. We've all been starvings in other lifetimes. And I just wanted to mention a friend of mine. (laughs) Her name is Judy. And um, we knew each other in another lifetime, probably more than one. But we, um, and this is just a kind of a funny story, and she gave me permission to share it. (laughs) Her name is Judy Carroll. And I was commander of this one ship, and she was my sister. We were siblings. Really, everybody's androgynous, but you can lean toward a different, you know, male or female. So in that life, I was more male, and Judy was more female. And so anyway, she was visiting me on the ship because she had um, another job to do on a different starship. Anyway, she was always trying to sneak things on the ship behind my back. And this sounds funny, but it's true. And again, the star (laughs) beings are not that different from us. They have families, they have children, they create art and all that. But anyway, so Judy decided to bring this plant on board, this plant-like being. And this being on the ship started to swell up and smell really bad. So... Our crew decided that Judy wasn't going to be coming along. She couldn't be part of the crew for a while on that. And so, so it was funny. So we laugh a lot, share lots of past life memories that we just have spontaneously remembered together. It's a joy knowing Judy, definitely. And her books are wonderful. Yes, for the listeners, the Judy Carroll that you are talking about is the Judy Carroll that was on the podcast two or three episodes ago. She's a wonderful woman. Yes, she is. I um, I didn't want to forget if you wanted me to speak any light language. We've included Leah Scallon in the podcast uh, quite a way back now. Her music uh, her her album, Sounds of Sirius, she's done three or four albums since then, but that album literally saved my life more than once. Just, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, the, the light language just lifted me up when nothing else would. So, yes, please, we'd love more light languages on the More Love podcast. Okay, and I just wanted to explain the, the beautiful thing about light language is it is speaking light, it is sacred geometry, it is the creator's voice, however you want to say that, and it speaks to all of us. It it speaks to our minds, our bodies, our souls, every cell in our body, all our bodies. And so on some level, we 
know that and recognize it. And it bypasses the mind ego. I'm able to interpret light language, but I don't always do that because I just love flowing with it and having fun with it. So I'll see who comes through here and see if they have anything they want to say after that. And that's from the Lyran system, the Lyran beings. And they're just basically saying love and blessings to everyone and just reminding everyone to live from their hearts. Let's remind listeners to hear that light language with an open heart and let it do what it's going to do automatically without us doing anything. Exactly, yeah. And people can actually, for this next one, just take a deep breath, open up all the chakras, and, yeah, just be open to feeling it in your body. Okay. Let's see. Let's come through this time. Usakawitiana Okay, and that's from the tall white Zeta masters. That's from my star parents. And what they were offering people um, with this is this, both were activating, but this is like activating people just to be more open to what's in their heart and the joy within them as well. That's beautiful. Thank you. So it's just this activation for opening. I want to thank them for that. Light language is amazing. Everyone can speak light language. More and more people globally are speaking light language, which is awesome. And I love working with people with light language. I use the singing bowls. They're great beings when I work with people. So, but it's all, you know, it's, brings great joy. I speak light language every day and love. You know, to me, it, it is love. It is speaking that light, and that joy. Well, thank you. I've got tears rolling down my cheeks. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It was, it's ironic, actually, because one of the questions um, was, would light languages resonate with us? And if you spoke them, could we feel them? 
well, yes and yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And, and many people I work with, yes, that it just, it helps them, helps to clear away the old identities, old patterns and helps them to be aligned and to be more of their authentic self. I think light language is a part of our evolutionary process. And that is we speak light language, we are evolving. You know, because we're remembering, it helps us remember who we really are. And there's all kinds of different star languages, which are really fun to speak. Sometimes there's just clicking. Sometimes there's just like toning or sounds. So it's, um, you know, all the languages on earth came from the stars. But these light languages are, are just, um, oh boy. Yeah. To me, bring joy and uplift. If I'm having a down day, I speak light language and, or sing it. I feel much happier and it just clears stuff up. Yeah. It certainly clears. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you. Would you like to conclude with a message of love and some encouragement for those of us who can feel the energy of love or more like feel the energy of the absence of love on earth? I think the key thing is for us to remember to be in our hearts. I think that's the key thing. And people can actually put their hands over their hearts to help bring them into their hearts and to just do some deep breathing to ground, to feel their feet on the ground, like roots growing out the bottoms of their feet into the earth. And to remember that the truth of who they really are, now I'm getting emotional, is um, is pure light and love, pure divine love and light. That's who we really are. And that's really what we need to be remembering during this time. That that's who we are, not all the stuff. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, thank you, Jacqueline, for joining me on the More Love podcast. We've had a wonderful time. Thank you. And we've only mentioned your recent book, so I'm pretty sure I might be able to just ask you to come back another time, sometime in the future next year, and we can talk about a whole range of work that we haven't even covered in this episode, but your work with the animals. So we'll save that for next time. But for now, you can find Jacqueline at um, online at her website, JacquelineSmith.com, uh, but I will put all the links and the links to your new book, which is titled Star Being in the Mirror, on the show notes page that goes with the More Love podcast which can be found at livetrutoyou.com. But don't worry, we'll make it easy. So it's been a fabulous conversation. And for those listening in, I really hope that this episode has revealed more of the power, truth and reality of love. It's making me emotional again now. And give you greater confidence that your sensitivity to love is in fact your superpower worth loving. Thank you, Jacqueline. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Uh, It's been great.
great fun. Hmm. Thank you so much.